0: The Navy recorded a once unfathomable recruiting milestone last year that left the service short thousands of sailors. How are service leaders trying to regroup recruiting efforts? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. And the allure of Russian weapons may be declining for one Southeast Asian country as Moscow's invasion of Ukraine continues. What does this all mean for our defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today is Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. First up, the Navy hit a troubling milestone last year, missing its recruiting target by thousands of sailors. Now the service is unveiling a number of reforms, but will it be able to reverse its shrinking pool of recruits. For more on this, Navy Times reporter Diana Stancy sits down with us. So Diana, first, just how badly... Did the Navy miss its recruiting goal last year?
1: So fiscal year 2023 marked the very first time that the Navy ever missed its recruiting goals, and it missed that number by approximately 7,000 enlisted sailors. Despite these numbers, Navy leaders have stressed that this is a significantly better outcome than they anticipated at the beginning of the fiscal year. Um, Navy leaders originally said that they expected that they would fall short by approximately 13,000 recruits instead. So um, looking at the numbers in fiscal year, 2023, the service altogether recruited a little over 30,000 new active duty sailors short of its nearly 38,000 goal for the year. So um, that's what we're working with looking at fiscal year 2023. That said, it is important to note that these recruiting challenges are not unique to just the Navy. Every single service last year, with the exception of the Marine Corps, missed its recruiting targets last year. Looking at what experts are noticing and certain trends, there's several things that they're attributing this recruiting crisis, too, including more thorough medical screenings for applicants, fewer Americans being eligible to serve, in addition to low civilian unemployment rate. According to Vice Admiral Brendan McLean, he's the commander of Naval Surface Forces, Uh, he said in January that the service can sustain one year of failing to meet its mission, but it really cannot survive another year where that is the case.
0: So you described the Navy's new recruiting efforts in your reporting as, quote, a bevy of solutions. What do those solutions that Navy officials are coming up with entail?
1: Over the past two years, there have been a whole series, a wave rather, of of changes that the Navy has implemented to try to address this recruiting crisis. So most recently, um, in January, the Navy announced that it is now permitting those without a high school diploma or general education development credential to enlist, um, as long as they score a 50 or higher on the Armed Forces Qualification Test. So this is a really significant development because the last time the Navy allowed such applicants to enlist was more than 20 years ago. Additionally, the Navy is is the only service to permit those without a high school diploma to enlist. Right now, estimates suggest that this change alone could bring in up to 2,000 more sailors every single year. One other notable, notable change that the Navy um, has, has launched is um, creating a future sailor preparatory course which got underway last year. This is based off of the Army's future soldier preparatory course and it focuses on providing physical fitness, nutrition, and life skills training for individuals who are currently too overweight to start training and are just almost almost meet standards but are just not quite there yet and need a little additional help to fall within uh, the Navy's standards. So upon successful completion of that program, potential future sailors then will head off to boot camp. So those are two of the biggest changes that the Navy's unveiled uh, recently and um, the Navy expects that those will render thousands more um, enlisted sailors each year as a result.
0: Another important story, Malaysia is considering a pivot to other Asian suppliers and attempting to build its own local defense industry. This is due to the country's dwindling interest in Russian weapons as the war in Ukraine drags on. Malaysia's defense capabilities have historically been highly dependent on foreign suppliers. As a result, Russia has been among Kuala Lumpur's main dealers in the aerospace sector. This appears to be changing, however, as Russian-made aircraft the country operates are now experiencing some shortcomings. Malaysia retired its MiG-29 fighter aircraft from the service in 2017 and has also struggled to keep its Su-30MKM ground-attack aircraft operational. Here's why it matters. The West sanctions against Russia represent one of the key reasons why the government is looking to buy elsewhere bans placed on Moscow after its troops invaded Ukraine are preventing Malaysia from buying the Su-30 directly from the Kremlin. An analysis from the International Institute for Strategic Studies implied that existing stocks of spare Su-30s could soon run out. Now, South Korea is trying to jump into the mix. Seoul signed a contract last year to provide 18 Korean-made FA-50 fighter jets to Malaysia. Malaysia has also worked to build up its own defense industrial base. With the launch of the Malaysian Aerospace Industry Blueprint 2030, and an increase in its defense budget, the country is looking to position itself as Southeast Asia's strongest aerospace market. Malaysia is home to over 200 aerospace companies. Also on your radar for today, the latest controversy over food stipends and religious exemptions, this time at Fort Cavazos, has caused army leaders to take another look at how the allowances are distributed. Capitol Hill reporter Leo Shane III joins us to talk about how service leaders are rethinking meal allowances. Leo, first, take us through the latest controversy surrounding religious exemptions and meal allowances at Fort Cavazos. What happened?
2: Yeah look this is uh this has been ongoing problem with how the army and how the armed services deal with the food stipend that's given to uh, to troops especially junior enlisted troops um, Military Times reported last week on some issues with troops in South Korea who are being forced to pay for meals that they may not eat they're losing part of their uh, the basic allowance for subsistence even if they uh, even if they don't use the dining facilities uh, over there because of uh, the way that rules are structured now we're hearing reports from Fort Cavazos that Troops who have religious uh, objections to, to certain meals or religious dietary restrictions uh, are still being charged meals um, for that and basically losing out on this this uh, meal money that they're supposed to have to help to, uh, support them uh, and, you know, get through the day. So the Military Religious Freedom Foundation were the ones who brought this to light, and they uh, sent a note to commanders at the base saying, hey, look, um, you know, this this seems unfair. If someone has dietary restrictions, whether it be a, a Jewish or Muslim or or Christian a soldier, they should be able to get that money back and use that money elsewhere and not have to pay for lunch twice, pay for dinner twice. So, you know, there's, there's been a lot of controversy over the years just about how this BAS uh, stipend is, is awarded and refunded and deducted. And now it seems to be coming to a head where a lot of these problems are coming together and Congress has started looking into it saying, we have concerns that this is not helping out troops the way we want it to.
0: So what are army leaders saying changes to meal allowances could possibly look like?
2: Yeah, they're promising to look at the rules surrounding these the 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 stipend and saying that they there should be some way to help out these folks, but they're not committing to any changes yet. And that's the that's the rub here. Um, you know, army officials we've heard for quite some time have known about this problem, have known that there are a lot of deductions to this basic allowance for subsistence, but there's not a lot of clear guidelines for commanders on how they're supposed to handle it. So, you know, as you go from base to base, from unit to unit, you may get different interpretations and different uh, execution of this, so troops in one area might be losing money for meals, while troops in another area are getting that refunded and aren't seeing the same problems. Uh, it seems like the that uh, you know DOD is going to have to deal with this. They are in the middle of an ongoing uh, military compensation review where this is one of the topics. But we'll see if later this spring lawmakers decide to to act and maybe insert this in an upcoming defense budget bill, maybe the annual defense authorization bill, and see if there's some permanent fixes they can put in place to just clarify what's supposed to happen with this stipend.
0: And now here's some other stories that we're hearing chirps about. Turkey's first locally made combat aircraft completed its maiden flight yesterday at an airbase near Ankara. A Pentagon Inspector General report stated that DOD has not developed or implemented a plan to sustain the Bradleys, Strikers, and Abrams armored vehicles, or other specific defense systems, provided to Ukraine from January to September 2023. The report concluded that without sustainment support, the Ukrainians would not be capable of maintaining the weapon systems in their ongoing fight against Russia. Stars and Stripes reported this week that the Supreme Court declined to hear two cases challenging the constitutionality of split-jury guilty verdicts in military court. And this week, Somalia announced a defense deal with Turkey. It includes support for the Horn of Africa nation's sea assets— and appears aimed at deterring Ethiopia's efforts to secure access to the sea by way of the breakaway region of Somaliland. And, do you believe in miracles? Well, on this day in history, in 1980, against the backdrop of the Cold War, the underdog U.S. hockey team defeated the heavily favored Soviet squad in the Miracle on Ice game at the Winter Olympics. Also, a top-tier, probably the best sports movie, really, come on. I mean, Rudy, maybe. Hoosiers, too, I guess. That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com slash EBB to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Z Perez. Today's episode featured stories by Diana Stancy, Elizabeth Gosselin-Mallow, and Leo Shane Third. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Bruce. Have a great day.